You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are in the last installment of our series, Truth Be Told. And I love uh, the past few weeks because we know that indeed God used parables in order for Him to communicate a message. Jesus used parables and familiar accounts from everyday life to create a miniature or a drama or an illustration to convey his message. And roughly about eight weeks ago, we did talk about the sower. And uh, about seven weeks ago, we talked about the mustard seed. We know that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, but it will advance whether you like it or not. And we talk about the prodigal son. I will explain further that the prodigal son is really uh, associated with our message. And uh, four, five weeks ago, we talked about the good Samaritan. And uh, four weeks ago, we talked about the vineyard what workers. And uh, about uh, three weeks ago, we talked about the ten Minas. And last week, we talk about the rich fool. How many of you can still remember our message last week? Yeah, good. Okay, and we did talk about the, uh, really, there's this parable, and we know that the, the background of this story, that Christ uh, was in a crowd, and somebody out uh, from that crowd asked a question, and this was his question. And he said, from the crowd, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. He was simply saying that can you tell, can you publicly uh, announce that this is what I want uh, to happen. But he said to him, man who made me a judge or arbitrator over you. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against covetousness. And God doesn't really uh, uh, would want to directly say it in this parable, but you, ha- uh, you need to understand uh, that before he shared the parable, uh, he knows where this person is coming from. He wants to use Christ to represent him in the crowd. And this is something that at times uh, we might uh, probably uh, misunderstand uh, uh, because we, we can't really uh, decide uh, if the person is uh, really uh, trying to just divide a property or he wants more to himself, do you understand? Because nobody will admit in his right mind or even uh, nobody would uh, admit that he is somebody who wants more in life. Nobody would go out of his way to say, I am greedy pastor. I mean, for the past few years of being a pastor, we have mentioned this and have mentioned this over and over again that nobody uh, would, would, would approach me and tell me, Pastor, I'm greedy. Can you pray over me? People would accuse their friends, their brother, their sister, their, their mother, their, their, their neighbors that they are greedy, but they would never admit that they are greedy. And Christ uh, knows where this person is coming from. So uh, his uh, really a warning was to guard against all covetousness because this person is uh, probably okay uh, struggling when it comes to the money that he, uh, he has, that it is money that he exists for, it is money that he lives for. So this is a what? A, a, a concept or a story wherein uh, this man is willing to forgo his relationship with his brother uh, and, and possess what he wants for himself. So the picture right here, just like what I have illustrated uh, last week, that uh, the people okay, um, that are part of the story are people wanting for more. And of course, there are individuals who doesn't have much. And of course, they have less. But if you take a closer look, whether you have more, you have 
so much money or less money if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't understand that at the end of the day, the problem is not about money. It is trusting in what God can do. Whether you have more or less, there's a tendency for you to what? To derive security in what you have and what you possess. Or if you are less, you get anxious. And that's the reason why we have this roller coaster kind of faith that when you have what? When you don't have uh, so much money, uh, you, you get worried. But if you have uh, so much money because you're secure and that determines your happiness in life, instead of walking, if you have so much money, you don't walk, you glide. Do you understand? You, 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 you act differently. Because again, okay, at times we're not uh, uh, conscious of this, that it is money dictating our happiness, our joy. But that's not what the Word of God says. Because money okay, should not be controlling us. It is uh, us uh, who should be controlling money. And this is why the bottom line of all of this is that we are controlled by money. That's not the design of God. Money is what? Okay? It is the root of all evil. Amen? No, the love of money. So this guy was willing to take so much money at the expense of his brother. So just like what we have mentioned uh, roughly about five, uh, seven minutes ago, that our topic today, okay, our topic was uh, the rich fool last week. Our topic today was the shrewd manager. So why did I mention about the rich fool last week? Because again, okay, people would willing to forgo the relationships with other people. Just like with this guy, rich fool, he was willing to forgo his relationship with his brother to get more. And lo and behold, we will read Luke chapter 16, but I want to remind you that Luke 15 is the story of the prodigal son. So this is not an accident. Why? The chapter 16 is a shrewd manager. Chapter 15 is the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, how many of you here are familiar with the story? In fact, this is not the story of the prodigal son. This is the story of the prodigal sons. And we know that the younger and the uh, older son, they uh, miss uh, what what they have with their father. I don't know if you're familiar that the younger son went away, got all the property or half of the property of his uh, brother and squandered everything in while living. And that was his security as well. You know, the older son, if you look at the story, he was what? He felt deprived. And that was his reaction. He said to his father, oh, I've been working for you and with you for quite some time. Why can't you just give me a portion of what you have? But the father said, all that I have Older son is yours. So all this time, he missed that what his father has is also his. Because he's really more concerned of being an employee. And, okay, and, and because of his actions and how he would see himself as an employee, that makes his father an employer. He missed one thing. He missed a relationship. In fact, both of them miss a relationship. The brother okay, found security in money and missed his relationship with his father. The older son was acting deprived. He was not acting like a son who has what his father has. He what? <laughs> if the other son missed okay, and, and found security in money, Okay, he missed the moment with his father. Both, okay, are ruled by one thing. They're controlled by their what? Their uh, possessions. And this is something that we need to take a closer look into because both stories speaks of what? Of what they value. Haven't you noticed the things that uh, you love the things that you prioritize, even if you don't accept? Okay, uh, you spend so much money on it because that is what you value. Take a closer look. The things that you spend money on. For some people, it's not important. But your wife or your husband would ask you, why spend money on, on those right? pair of 
sandals. Do you understand? You have 35. I'm not talking about women in this room. People outside of this facility um, that are not part of our church. Okay? Iba-ibang kulay, right? Fuchsia, pink, eggplant, di ba? Uh, lavender. Do you understand? Uh, different hues and, and tones. But at the end of the day, you need to understand, okay? Uh, again, these are things that you prioritize. For people, it's your priority. Or for you, it's your priority. For, for people, probably it's not their priority. But you have to understand that indeed our money goes to what we value. And this is why this story is very important. And just like in Luke chapter 16, verse 1 to 8, it's a narration of what we will talk about. So if you have your Bibles right now, Luke chapter 16. So check it out. Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son. This is not an accident. God wants to convey something. Did they reach here? A fool last week was more consumed of what he needs to possess. Same thing with his uh, story of the uh, the prodigal sons. So the look uh, or, or look chapter sixteen verse one to eight is 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 really uh, the narration of what we will uh, talk about. And Luke sixteen after that, few of uh, the parables that you will uh, probably encounter that speaks of the application. God doesn't want us to miss something here. Do you understand? In fact, it's written right here, the parable of the what shrewd or dishonest manager. This is what took place. He also said to the disciples, say the word also. After what? After uh, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and, 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 and the, the, the parable of the lost son, he was also speaking about the same value. It says right here, there was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be a manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am no, uh, not strong enough to dig. And I'm ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do. So that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors, yung mga nagkautang sa kanyang amo, one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measure of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Ba, magulang na tuso pa. Okay. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write 80. The master commended what? The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than uh, the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. So that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. 
And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law of the prophets were, un, uh, were until John si- since... Then the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Can we just take this moment right now to just dedicate uh, this message to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that you have given each and every one of us. I pray right now that your word will come alive. Your word will be clear. Your word will be like a double-edged sword that will penetrate into our hearts, joints and marrows. It judges the thought and the attitude of the heart. Even I pray right now that you give each and every person of God a deeper understanding that life, Lord God, is not just our tenure in this planet. It goes beyond, Lord God, our lifetime. Thank you for your word. I even pray for people that are trusting you for financial breakthrough. I pray that you grant the request. People, Lord God, that are even sick, Lord God, I pray that you grant them healing. Even, Lord, I pray for the seats, Lord God, that are empty. I pray that you bring more people into this ministry, bring more people into this church, that they will hear your word, and it will bring transformation into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and Amen. I mean, a quick summary. The, the master was asking his manager, okay, to resign from his job because he was found unfaithful. Okay. But the, really the manager went out of his way to talk to those debtors, yung mga pinagkautangan or nagkautang sa kanyang amo. And he started, uh, really, uh, lowering their debts. And to make a long story short, okay, the, the, the master found out and I was also surprised. I don't know if you're surprised as well. Why would the what? The master commend this shrewd manager that whatever he's doing is what? Is brilliant. Now, I, I would want to tell you this, okay? That the manager was simply using his possession for future what? Preparation. And I'm telling you right now, the story is not about uh, something that we can learn from this passage in order for us to be shrewd with our business partners, with the people under our care, na kailangan natin gulangan ng mga uh, uh, nakapaligid sa atin. This is not what the story about. But the story is all about someone, okay, okay, that has done something to prepare the future. That this guy was futuristic. He was and he is farsighted. In fact, it's written right here, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. He was applauded, not because he's shrewd, but because of how he thinks the principle that even us, if we are people of God, we don't think within just our lifetime. Come on now. If you're here right now, you're listening to this message, and you are secure that when you die, you're going to heaven, you will be with Christ. Amen. Are you excited of that? Are you excited to die tonight? You should be excited, not tonight, but death should excite you. Am I correct? It's not something that you long for and you pray for, but when you die, it's not something that, that sounds horrific or negative. I mean, in fact, you being gone from this planet, I don't know if you're familiar of the comments of people during the funeral uh, gatherings and services, we lost a friend. No, you did not. Probably... Okay, you will not communicate with him or her by the end of it. It's not a loss to have somebody come to the kingdom of God. I'm telling you right now, it is something that we need to celebrate. And this is why it is important for us to take a closer look that my message this evening is not for us to rejoice that this man outwitted his master. We still believe in faithfulness. And how many of you here 
You hate people na ginugulangan kayo para pag kayong nanggugulang, it's another story. Come on now. Am I correct? How many of you here honestly, okay? How many of you here, there are times in your life that you have outwitted somebody? Nakalamang kayo. Diba? Ang sarap ng pakiramdam. I, I hope you, you, you yes, pastor, ang sarap talaga. No, no. You're, you're, you're changed by God. But I hope you do understand that we're, 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 we're putting really Okay, an emphasis that this is not what you need to replicate. This is, this is not a good store that you can uh, use for uh, how you would relate with people. The context of this is that God and the Master, okay, was simply celebrating how true the person is, how wise the person is. And His shrewdness has prepared Him a great tomorrow. Do you understand? He was simply saying that whatever He is doing was for what? was for His future in light of the future. And for people like us serving God, everything that we should be doing, if you can honestly tell me that I have an encounter with God, I have a relationship with God, therefore, everything that we should be doing is always in light of eternity. Why? Some people are so caught up with what they have because they see life as just their tenure in this planet. There is no more life after life. Do you understand? But if you know that this is just what? Your pit stop. This is a temporary assignment. The Word of God says you are an alien of this world. Your citizenship is in? Look at the person on your right. Does he look like an alien? Yes. Bring me to your master. I mean, your grip will loosen when you understand that this is not your life. That there is life after this. In fact, the word shrewd is not really that negative, just like money. Money is not what? Negative. Unity is not negative. But if you use it for your own personal gain, it becomes what? It becomes selfish. Do you understand? The word shrewd is similar to the word intelligent, clever, smart, alert, perceptive, wise, far-sighted. Ganun pa lang, shrewd. That is something that we can learn from uh, this guy. That when you think far-sightedly or futuristically, you are simply thinking that I'm wise. And this is a story of what? A far-sighted manager. His ways wasn't right. But we can learn from a what? A bad story from a bad person. And sampal po sa mukha natin. That if he can think futuristically, why can't we? People of God. Do you understand? This is why Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. This is not right. The what the manager was found unfaithful. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Ano mga haka-haka or mga katanungan? Give an account of your management because you cannot what be a manager any longer. I'm firing you from your job. Some people, if they're fired from their, from their job, they would what? They, they would they would wallow in self pity, right? They would they would they would go to, to to a government agency to file a case. But this guy thought, I don't have the strength. I don't have what it takes again to to to, to recover from this and and find another job. Let me think what I needed to do. This is what took place. The manager said to himself, "What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job, and I'm not strong enough to dig." And I'm ashamed to beg. Hindi ko na kaya. This is what he did. I have decided what to do. Aha! How many of you here, you have those eureka moments? Aha! Bibili ako ng wig. Ganun-ganun yung aha moments. 
to solve this problem, right? So that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one. May mga utang sa kanya eh. Why, why are you laughing? What's wrong with you? Okay? Tapos kasama niyo yung misis niya, di ba? May dalang maliit na notebook. Um, so summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred treasures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Remember, this is a salary of, uh, in, in our time, two to three years of our salary. This is the amount. In fact, in my study, you need to cut 150 olive trees in order for you okay, to come up with one gallon of this. So this was a lot of money that he's giving away. Verse 7, then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill. And write 80. Napakagulang. He was trying to prepare them that as soon as I'm fired, I'm out of this job. I know these people would be indebted to me. Come on now. But this is something that we should evade from. This is not what we're going to do. Diba? Am I correct? Or baka meron na kayong mga pwede pala yan. This is not what we're teaching here. He's thinking, the principle is to think of what? The future. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. Ang galing mo, Teng. Ganon. You're so good. For the sons of this world are shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Jesus was comparing. Look at the world. They think long term. How many of you here can understand where I'm coming from? That it pays to think long term. Pag may hibili kayo ng gamit. Diba? Dapat mag-isip tayo long term. Hibili ka ng what, washing machine hanggang next month lang, di ba? I mean, it's not long term. Okay? We have to think long term. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. When you say shrewd, somebody who thinks beyond his lifetime, somebody who, who thinks beyond what he sees. This is the kind of people we want. Even we can apply this in the way we, we want. We go about our marriage, uh, the way we raise our kids. How many of you here would ask me, Pastor, are you not tempted to be with other women? I have invested so much in my wife. And dami ko nang nabigay. I don't want to start all over again. Yung sa akin yan. Do you understand? So if your, your husband is not investing, and I'm just kidding, um, that's another story. It might cause okay, some quarrel tonight. Why? Because again, I'm thinking long term. How this marriage will last. This marriage will last for the next hundred years. I don't know if that's possible, but my point is, you need to understand the reason why I'm giving, okay, and I'm investing, because I'm thinking long term. We need to get the principle of the story more than the ways and the method. In fact, in Luke chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. The message was just so simple. Be wise, think of the future. And I hope that Christians and people like us should act as well, like the unjust manager. That we're not just trying to really cut corners and outwit people and take advantage of people. The principle is think long term. Think futuristically. This is why, as we continue in the same chapter, okay, it says right here, that the manager's perspective changed when he saw what the future holds for him. In verse 9, it says here, 
And I tell you for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, make friends so that when it fails, they may receive you into what? Eternal dwellings. That you use what you have based on how you see the future. And for people who has a relationship with God, for some of you here, you might not understand this, but if you are a follower of Christ, you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you are a follower of Him, this is something that we should not be surprised of. This is part of us. That our lives, yes, we're thinking our daily expenses and the things that, that, we're, uh, that we need to, to, to address and tackle every single day. But while we are alive, we know that this life okay, doesn't end in the day of our death. Come on now. There is a future for all of us. Come on now. Amen. Amen. Can we give God the glory for that? So we need to make friends. So that when it fails, it doesn't say if it fails. When it fails, Christ is simply saying that the money possessions that we have will fail. Guaranteed. When a God tells you it will fail, it will succeed. Amen? No, it will fail. God says it will fail. So it's really it's it's stupid, sorry for the word. To to wrestle with God. This will succeed, Lord. God, God is saying it will fail. So I hope that you loosen your grip on the things that you have and look beyond that God, what can I do to invest in my life after life? That should be our mentality because we are long-term thinkers. Am I correct? Do you understand? If you're renting a house, you don't invest so much. You repaint it every day. Do you understand? Or every week probably. <laughs> or every month. Or every year. But if this is your house, every time you buy something for that house, akin naman to eh. If this is your house, you will stay long-term in this house. Same thing with this life. The reason why. We love money, we love possessions, we love what we have and what we possess because we're not thinking beyond our, 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 our lifetime. This is why our goal is that at the end of the day is for us to understand, God, this is, this is the things that I own, the things that I have are not mine. And because this is yours, I will what? I will serve what you want in your interest. What you have blessed me with, what you have given, it is for your glory, it is for the things that you... That you want, that you, that you want to, that for your own interests and whatever you want. It's written right here, verse 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. The parable was simply saying that this is not just about a parable of how you can take advantage of people. This is a parable on how you can think futuristically. Then you have to think long term. But wherever you are right now, stay faithful because your faithfulness is a reflection of how you see your future. Do you understand? If you know you have a future, you stay faithful every single day. What you see is how you behave today. Do you understand? Do you understand? This is why we need to understand that God is using this parable to teach a, uh, teach a lesson. That we need to be right managers. We need to be good managers. That we need to handle what? God's money. Not based on what we want, but based on what God wants. Because we're managers and not owners. You know, I have a thousand pesos here. Okay, I want a volunteer. Okay, Ben, join me here. One thousand. Okay. 
this is this is real. I'm rich. Um, that's a prophecy. Okay, we're managers, not owners. If if I ask Ben to manage my one thousand, okay, and if he, he he will agree with me, and I ask him, Ben, can can I get one hundred from my one thousand? Will you agree with me? That's not yours. This this one thousand bill is mine. Uh, will you agree with me? Two hundred. Will you agree with me? Five hundred. Will you agree with me? Uh, a thousand. Will you agree with me? Yes. Because this is not his, it's mine. How come we grumble if we ask God or if, if we give to God? No, this is not a message in which all of you here are encouraged next week you give to our tithes and offering. I want to make this clear. Because our giving is not even a requirement why we're giving to God. Our giving is an expression of how deep we have known God. And you have experienced God's what? Generosity? And we know all of us has what? Experienced God's generosity that He died on the cross for free. Salvation is for free. Amen? In fact, it's not really for free. Somebody paid for it. Now, because I experienced God's generosity, it's easy. Giving is an expression. It's a representation of how far I have gone in my relationship with God. Money is what? It's, an ex- it's a representation of my faith that as I let go, I know God will be with me every step of the way. God will take care of me. And ladies and gentlemen, God will take care of you. And because I'm, come on now. And because I'm generous, just like God, I'm giving him a thousand. And I know I don't have to require him because of what? Of my generosity. He will return the favor. But for now, that's yours. Yeah. That's, that, that's yours. That, that, that one thousand, it's yours. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's his. I'm the generous. I borrowed that money 30 minutes ago from him, okay? <laughs> so when you understand God's generosity in your life, okay, you, you begin to what? You begin to respond in the same manner. How many of you here? You can't even understand and fathom, how can I worship God? I can't even imagine raising my hand. How, can I, how many of you here at times, you find this weird. How am I worshiping God 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 2 years ago? I can't even raise my hand. Why am I responding? Because you have encountered God's love. Yes. And because of that love, you can't help but, but raise your hand. Why are you generous? Because you have experienced the generosity of God. This is why you want to do the things that God is pleased with because you just want, Lord, this is how I love you. This is how I would return what you've done to me. We use worldly wealth to win the world because this is what, 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 what is important to God. This is God's heartbeat. We beat for the things that, that, that makes God happy. This is why part of our passage, verse 11, if then you have been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with what true riches? When you say unrighteous wealth, what? And, and true riches. Because God's prepared true riches for all of us. And if you have been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? God is simply saying that yes, you're a manager. This is, that is my ownership. So when the going gets tough, if you own your money, the tough goes to you, right? If you are the owner, you think of the what? The electrical bills, all the bills, right? But remember, we're managers. Who owns our money? The owner. 
who thinks of the bills, the owner. So why are you worried? Because for the past few years, you own it. We're managers. And we subscribe to what God wants. Lord, what do you want with your money? Do you understand? We manage. Really. The thing or the things that, that God owns. And because we know that this is not ours, and we know that all of our decisions should always be viewed with what? With far-sightedness. Now we have what? We have the right mindset. That everything that we do and our behaving is influenced in our believing of true riches. And true riches are the things that we own. In fact, the Christ, the hope of glory in your heart, is your what? Is your wealth. You know that. And if you don't understand this, and you're simply saying, I mean, again, religion? Are you telling me, Pastor, religion or my relationship with, my, with God is, is my wealth, my greatest wealth? I can look at you square in the eye and tell you, this is the greatest wealth I have. And for some of you who has, a, who has collided with God and you have an encounter with God, you know. Yes, things can temporarily make us happy, but I'm telling you right now, nothing beats being, the, being in the presence of God. Nothing beats worshiping with Miss Alma. Come on now, can we give the music team a round of applause? Miss <laughs> Alma. Wala na, tapos na. I mean, that's, that's, I don't want to go up here. I want to worship God. <gasps> because again, we don't live for, for the things today. We look forward. And of course, we, we, we don't look forward and, and, and we don't manage the things today. That's another story. A lot of people are heavenly minded, but no earthly value. Walang kwenta. Darating si Lord, second coming na. Uh, 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 there are a lot of things that they would require. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about every single day, all of our decisions should always be in light of or in light of eternity. That is how we see life. And some people are excited of heaven. Because we've been taught through the years that heaven is a place where you can see gold in the streets of gold, right? Yes. But you know what, what makes heaven exciting? It's not the gold. It's Jesus. That's something that we have to correct tonight. That you can have all the gold in the absence of Christ, you're empty. So we look forward to heaven, not because of what we will see in heaven. The reason why heaven is beautiful, because Christ is in heaven. And I can't help but look forward. I mean, I'm telling you right now, what we feel every Sunday that we worship God, this is just a speck of the moment. This is momentary joy. There are times that we worship God, you can't help but smile. You can't help but cry. You can't help but be thankful. You can't help but, Lord, I want to serve you. You can't help. Why are you like that? Because I am telling you right now, it is true riches of, uh, really of having Christ in, in our lives. The says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. You can brag about what you have, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. This is true wealth. That you have come to know the Lord, and true wealth means you know God, and you have experienced God's love. So if you're telling me right now, Pastor, I know God. I know that God is, 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 
And I know God and I know His character. But I'm telling you right now, you have to see it for yourself. Because if you really know God, it will come out in the way you go about life. Your priorities will change. Your perspective, remember, mindsets will change. And this is how he elaborated on this passage. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, righteousness in the earth. That's the God that we have. That His top priority is not just the things that we have and how to make this place or planet a better place. He's talking about you and me. Isn't it amazing that everything that God did is to pursue us? I mean, does it communicate how valuable we are in the eyes of God? And because of that, of that mindset that we have, our motivation is no longer what we can acquire, what's in it for me, what we can get. In fact, our motivation, it says right here, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. What do I mean by this one? Because our motivation today is only for one thing, for one person. Everything that we do can either be God or mammon or money. Do you understand this? But because of what we have experienced in Christ Jesus, our motivation, God, I'm no longer living for the things that are earthly. My motivation right now and what keeps me alive and keeps me moving was because you are in my life and I have a different finish line. Death is no longer my finish line. Death is my starting point in light of eternity. Let me say it once again. Death is no longer my finish line. Death is a starting point in light of eternity. Remember, this small guy by the name of Zacchaeus, for some of you here, Zacchaeus. This man stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. When I encountered this passage, this was my reaction. If I join a church and if I follow Christ, will I have to do this? Will I have to return the money? I realized one thing. All of our resp- responses as a follower of Christ is not a requirement. It's not a requirement. Your response, say the word response, is a byproduct of how you have understood what Christ has done in your life. Kung gaano ka kalalim, ganun din ang balik nito. You respond. Okay, differently and you're surprised. Why are you responding in this manner? Because of how you have encountered God deeply. You know why? He was willing to return everything. We know that this guy is despised. He represented the Roman government and he outwitted his what fellow Jews. But this is what happened. That is verse 8. Let's backtrack and rewind. Verse 5, it says right here, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Can I come into your house? How many of you here, you would dare somebody? I'm hungry. Invite me into your house. What a bold invitation. But this is not about Christ trying to, to what to gate crash, okay? His family is gathering. 
So he heard and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Now, I want you to imagine this. If, if I'm like the Pharisees, I would never invite myself to be with Zacchaeus. I need for Zacchaeus to change first. Dapat magbago siya. So I can, I can come into his house. But haven't you noticed when you invited Christ, you are not fully changed. You're struggling with sin, but Christ came into your life. And because of his visitation and his indwelling in your life, and he what? He came and he gave crash your life. You realize, God, even though I am a sinner, you opted to prioritize my heart. That did a lot of change. Ang pagbabago po came after Christ came into our lives. This is what happened. He returned and realized, man, this guy invited me. Hindi ako kinahiya ng Panginoon. He came into my house and had dinner with me. And because of this, he was totally changed. Remember, at the end of the day, Zacchaeus felt the value. That though I am a sinner, somebody wants to relate with me. And because of that encounter that he has, he felt the value. That I am no longer Zacchaeus, who's a tax collector. I'm Zacchaeus. There's been change of God's love. Haven't you noticed that this is what happened on the cross? That though we're sinners, God did not wait for us to change so he can die for us. He did not wait for us to be perfect so he can give himself. It was his death on the cross that made us acceptable in his eyes, made us valuable. The reason why we're valuable, because value is determined by someone who is willing to pay. What's my point here? How many of you here are familiar of famous paintings? When you go to art galleries, are you familiar? Your paintings worth 10, 20, 30, 40 million? I mean, at times I would look at a painting, I would ask myself, my son can do this. He is six years old and he can do this. I know. Just give him, right? Okay. Different colors. And, but why would they price it 30 million? And it's valuable. Because somebody is willing to pay for this painting. That makes it valuable. It's not even a look, but somebody who's willing to invest and give away and buy this piece of art. This is a similar picture for all of us. Christ was willing to pay. Christ was willing to give his life for all of us. And because of that encounter that we have with God, our motivation is different. I'm doing this. I'm investing into your kingdom, God. I'm bringing people into your kingdom. For some of you here, ask, probably ask me, 5,000 pesos to invite somebody for the next 30 days so I can have dinner with? It's kind of expensive. For 1,000 pesos and for someone to come to know the Lord, it's cheap. Christ gave his life for all of us. And because we have experienced what God did, everything that we are doing, serving God, amen. Investing in the kingdom of God, having dinner with a friend who doesn't know God and sharing the gospel to him is what is a response to what Christ did and how we see eternity. Remember this. We cannot, just like what I mentioned a week ago, we cannot bring money to heaven. We can send it ahead of us by sending people to heaven. Let's use our money because this is the heartbeat of God for the things that pleases God. This is what, what happened here. And this is what I want you 
to hear in 1 John 4, 10. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The reason why you can respond now, God, because of His love to us. Left to your own devices, you cannot. Because of that encounter. That you can even ask yourself this question, why am I like this? Nung nagsimula magbagong buhay niyo, tinatanong niyo sarili mo, bakit hindi na ako nagmumura? Subukan ko nga. <laughs> why are you changing? How many of you here are surprised? Nagbago yung buhay mo. And you can help but respond because there is an encounter with God. That is my prayer for all of us, that you will have that picture in your mind of people coming to know God because somebody was used so that you can come to know the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, for you to come here, it's not because we have a nice facility, not because we, we have a great music team. It took a lot of resources from the side of God. Para makilala mo Panginoon, parang lumago ka sa Panginoon, it took a lot. I mean, I can perform and entertain you, I can be funny, and you can come here because these guys, no, 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 it is because of the Holy Spirit inviting you, because of God bringing you into this gathering. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, the reason why you can respond and the reason why you felt drawn to this gathering because you know for the past few months we're about to end our year. God has been so good. God has been so faithful. God has been so consistent. Amen! And He will continue to be faithful. And this is what I want you to understand. Pastor, you're telling me to use my resources. I don't have much. You can start somewhere. But I'm telling you right now, you can give me all the reasons. Try encountering God. You would be surprised. In fact, you're surprised with yourself when you have a deeper understanding that your greatest wealth is having Christ in your life. This will urge you and cost you. Lord, how I desire and wish that I can bring more people into your kingdom. That I will use your true riches. And I want to find myself and be found faithful in using it. Ladies and gentlemen, true riches is in Christ alone. True riches is in Christ alone. I do pray that before we leave this gathering, we can come to our senses and say, God, more than anything else, I want to end the year. And I know... The next few months will be another year. I just don't want to end this year without having you in my life, without encountering you, without knowing that at the end of the day, wealth can be a great tool, but without Christ, life is meaningless. It is my prayer that as we manage the resources of God, that our mindset and our perspective is not just within our lifetime, but we know there's a better place for prepared for all of us. That our motivation and bringing people to God and serving God. It is because of how we've been served. How someone was used so that we will encounter Him would be our motivation to be used by God for His kingdom. I do pray that at the end of the day, after what has been said and done, we can honestly say that as we end the year, I am thankful that I have Christ in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.
Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that indeed, as we cap and end this series, Lord God, thank you for all the parables that you have used to give us a deeper understanding of who you are and how you see our finances. Lord, I pray that each and every person in this room will always go beyond that life is not just about procuring and owning things. Lord, you want us to be happy. In fact, God is delighted that you're blessed with so much money, that you're entertained and you can buy whatever you want. But that's not your God. Money is simply a tool. And I pray that each and every person will find joy that for us to come to know you, it took a lot of resources, it took a lot of money. It took a lot of energy. And yet, Lord, here we are in your presence. Here we are in your fold. Now, I want all of us to raise our hands right now. Don't look at the person beside you. Just raise your hand. And slowly, I want you to thank God. Don't thank, don't, don't, don't thank God of the possessions. Thank God of the things that are not material. Thank God of your relationship with Him. Thank God that you can read the Bible. Thank God that you're fully alive. Thank God you're not sick. Thank God that you have Christ in your life. We see the world. That though a lot of them, they, they, have, they have owned a lot of things. And yet, in the absence of Christ, their lives, Lord, are in disarray. Here you are. Whether you have a lot or not, you have Christ. Thus we can say, Christ is enough for me. Lord, thank you that you are our Alpha and Omega. That you're the beginning and the end. That there is nothing in this world that we will long for. That we are thankful for what you've done in our, in our lives. Lord, this year is a year, Lord God, where I can thank you and appreciate what you've done. Next year, Lord God, would be another year. But I will thank you for this year. That no matter what will happen, and everything that I have, I want us right now to imagine everything that we have, whether our savings, our car, our house, everything that we have, imagine right now. I want you to tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm dedicating everything that I have for your glory. Panginoon, gamitin mo ang buhay ko. Ang mga bagay na I want it. I want to give it to you. 